my wife and I were able to just travel all over the country. We were doing 150 shows a year, gone 250 dates a year with, Jeez. like, we literally boxed up all of our stuff, moved awesome. out of our apartment, and just lived in the car and in hotels and stuff like that all over the country. And after doing that for about two years, it ended up being just less fulfilling. Hey guys, this is Kyle Rawson and you're listening to the Hometown Founder Podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs who are doing big things from small places. All right, we've got someone very special on the podcast today. So incredibly special. We have the one, the only... (laughs) <laughs> Preston Pugmarsh. Oh, shoot. <laughs> people are going to think that for just a second, there oh. were a lot of people that are like, what, you got John Cena on they your were. podcast? Even better. We got Preston Pugmar. <laughs> kind of an inside joke because the past two times mm-hmm. you have come into this office, you have entered with that as your theme It's music, one of the best in. entrances of all time. And oh, so 100% agree. Your office hallway, it funnels the sound down here, so I can push play at the beginning mm-hmm. of my walking down the hallway, and I just come in perfect and, time. And, and we hear that intro, and we just get so excited. It's the best. Preston, um, you do a lot of things, like a lot of things. I, I feel like I know you decently well, and I still don't think I know everything that you do. So when people ask you, like, what's your 15-second this is who I am and this is what I do. So my name is Preston Pugmire. I am a speaker and an entertainer and a personal coach. Cool. And I have podcasts that, that kind of talk about those things and stuff. But I have a keynote um, address that I do at corporations and universities and high schools and youth leadership programs and conferences. And then I also do personal coaching for uh, entrepreneurs, but also just regular life coaching for people. Gotcha. And and do all those things kind of feed each other, or do you have them pretty separately into their own individual businesses? I, I mean, yeah, they, they, they overlap and they feed each other because when you are doing personal coaching, you're talking about the same principles that you would talk about in a keynote address to youth and stuff like that. But as far as like the marketing of them is separate marketing yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like that makes that. sense. Yeah. So I'm super interested to to hear how you got into all, well, all of this. It sounds like you started with the um, presentation, professional musician kind of stuff, and yeah. then got into the coaching. Is, is so that... I didn't even say musician in my initial That's right. thing. So I started out as a professional musician. I played uh, in bands and stuff like that. But then I really what took it to the, to actually like a professional level is when I went by myself solo and I got some looping equipment and I got into the the market of college and university touring. And I went in and in the course of like 2010, around that time, I straight up just went in and, and owned it and dominated it. It was really, really cool. Uh, my wife and I were able to just travel all over the country. We were doing uh, 150 shows a year gone 250 dates a year with Jeez. without with all the traveling and stuff like that yeah and there's a time when we didn't even have an address like we literally boxed up all of our stuff moved awesome. out of our apartment and just lived in the car and in hotels and stuff like that all over the country we've um we in those three year that three-year period my wife and i as we were traveling we 
played over 500 shows in 46 states and drove about wow. 200,000 miles because we did it all in the car. That's, so is your wife also a musician? She's not. We were okay. just traveling together, just cool. seeing the country. Yeah. And we didn't have any kids, and so at the time, and so it, it just made so much sense for if I'm going to be gone 10 months out of the year, then we're not going to have a relationship. And so right. she's like, I'll just come with you. So yeah. It, it ended up being perfect. So I took that and... Oh, you you had a question. Well, so I was going to ask. So you you played in bands. You were a, a musician with other people. Yeah. And then you transitioned to going solo, using looping or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. So did that did that act or that did that show change to like more of your motivational stuff right then, or did that thing come no, in it later? Was a, <laughs> it's a very interesting kind of transition. It was kind of slow. Yeah. I realized um, that I was. You've heard the phrase, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. BS. <laughs> straight yep. up. Straight up. It's not true because in any situation where you're doing things, like there is an aspect of it that might not be enjoyable. The the paperwork. Yeah. There's paperwork in anything, right? And so uh, I was traveling and it ended up – I know this is going to sound so – I know what this sounds like, but bottom line, this is what ended up happening. I was doing six to eight shows a week, just every single week. And this is you solo? Yeah, 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 yeah. And after doing that for about two years, just like day in and day out, just like boom, 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 um, it ended up being just less fulfilling hmm. uh, in a really interesting way. And granted, I could have... Looking back on it, there's always things you could have done differently or something like that. But I realized I was just like kind of punching a clock a little bit with uh, with performing. And they were still great shows because I'm, I'm an entertainer. Yeah. I was doing really well. But it, uh, it just it didn't it wasn't personally fulfilling. And so I started experimenting. And it was around this time that I actually got into personal development. Hmm. I went to a like a four day really intense program seminar and it just rocked my world and kind of changed my trajectory and so I started talking about these principles utilizing my story as uh, in my childhood specifically with my parents divorce and I started like talking about it in a really vulnerable way Hmm. like in between yeah songs on your set well yeah because I would I I had written a song about that and so I would introduce the song Mm -hmm. in this way and depending on whether or not the audience could handle it, because I can feel the energy of an audience and whether or not they're willing to go there with me. Yeah. And sometimes it, it's just not appropriate, but there were so many times when it was, and I was able to tell the story and, <laughs> and really get, like, get real with people. And then from there, I'd play the song. Because it, was, it wasn't like I was just telling this story for no reason. It, was, it had a song associated with it. Yeah. And then I had other songs about love and about commitment and things that had happened to me in my life just like people write songs right they're they're windows into the soul vulnerable people getting real and i would explain these things and talk about it and how it would apply to other people and i would have people coming up to me after the shows some of them were like crying yeah and and connecting with people Mm. is what i found so fulfilling and initially i was doing it through just music just straight entertaining and then it shifted to connecting with people in in a more authentic way 
through the music still, but the way that I was presenting the music. And so then it was a slow transition. And then from there, I developed a, a keynote address. And even still, when I go to keynote speaking, I still use music. Yeah. But I'm playing, over the course of an hour, I'm playing three songs instead mm. of 11, right? Yeah. And so it's very, very different. But I use the music as a means and as a tool. And I'll have people come up and on, on stage and they will... Uh, d- do things into the looper with the guitar or with other uh, oh, cool. percussive instruments and, and they create the music with me and it becomes an object lesson for, for how I'm implementing this, the principle that I'm teaching in yeah. keynote address. So how long ago was that, that you kind of made the switch from Preston Pugmire, the professional musician entertainer to uh, more of the public speaking yeah. keynote so it was a really slow, slow transition. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, over the course of about three years, it, it happened to where I now I do mm, just like a handful of, of entertainment shows throughout uh-huh. the year. But it, the, the full the transition was complete <laughs> uh, probably about two and a half years ago. Gotcha. About 2015. So you're two and a half years in. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to kind of the, the complete transition. Uh, and you said earlier that after a couple of years of, of strictly doing entertainment, you weren't feeling as fulfilled in it. Yeah. Uh, now that you've kind of found this new path, are, do you feel like that's still something that, that might be an issue? Or are you feeling like this, oh, as, is, far this is, not... as far as feeling fulfilled with what you're doing? That is a great question. And it's something that I've thought about. And I feel like the the way that I've set this up as far as like, when I do these um, the, the speaking engagements, they are the, the, they're so connecting, and that that can that connection with the audience or with specific people in the audience uh, is what I had kind of lost initially, and so I'm I never don't have that. I mean, yeah, yeah. every once in a while, I'll do like a speaking engagement, and it's like kind of a like one of <laughs> one out of ten is like maybe a dud, but sure. that's that's the paperwork mm-hmm. associated with it. That's the, okay, I went to work that day or something like yeah. that. But uh, I'm not really worried about uh, losing that that passion or losing that fulfillment, rather. Yeah. And and if I do, then I will, now I know kind of how to spark it back up. Yeah. And it's it comes back to probably a word that I'll say a thousand times, which is that connection with people. Gotcha. So this is super interesting to me. I want I want to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, I'm assuming that when you were in high school, yeah. you you loved music, and you your dream was to be a professional musician. Is that yeah. accurate? That's all. It's all me and my. Well, this is before the internet, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 36 right now, so this is before the internet existed. I remember, like, as a senior, we did one paper for an English class where we had to get all of our sources from the internet, and it was like this new thing. Um, but like iTunes was not a thing. YouTube was not a thing. It was a very different landscape. And so the whole, everything was about me and my friends. We would sit and just talk about getting signed. Mm. Getting signed was the end all be all of life. And it wasn't, this is me as a 16 year old thinking sure. this, right? <laughs> but like that was a, yes, I wanted to be a professional musician and what it looked like, I'm doing air quotes at mm-hmm. that time was getting signed and being on the radio and, and touring and selling records because people bought albums at that point right. too. So, <laughs> it, but yes, that's what I wanted to be. And the, and then I realized that I didn't necessarily want that. 
what I wanted was to be involved with music and support my family doing that mm. and like th- have my my job be with music and so I was able to find a way to make that happen where it looked so different than I'd ever even considered which mm. is college touring nobody had ever heard of me mm. I wasn't on the radio but I was killing it making a bunch of money and touring all over the, the country and playing for lots and lots and lots of people all over the universities were paying for this. People were not like buying tickets to get into my shows. They were oh, okay. university sponsored shows that were the the activities committee would bring in like a comedian or a band or a, a juggler or something like that. And I was yeah. like one of throughout the semester, one of the events that they would host yeah. in their auditorium would be music featuring me. And I would come in and, and do that. And so it's such a unique thing. And yeah. it afforded me the opportunity to see the country and buy a house and be a musician. And it I'm so, so grateful for that point yeah. of time in my I life. I mean, if you could go back and tell your 16-year-old version of Preston Pugmire, dude, you're going you're gonna to be in your 20s touring the country, being paid good money yeah. to play music 200 days a year or however many shows you're doing. And... I'm pretty sure the 16-year-old version of you would have been pretty stoked about that, oh, right? Oh, sign me up, man. Right? Yeah. But then after a couple of years of doing that, the passion kind of went away. You weren't feeling as fulfilled. Yeah. Um, do you think that there that there may be some something there for those of us who are passionate about something and we would love to, let's say, start a business or uh, take some risk to pursue that passion, but we don't want to end up two years down the road and realize, like, Man, I I hate basketball now that I've made basketball my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think a lot of that uh, comes back to your you're putting too much stock in what other people are thinking. Let me let me explain what I mean by okay. that. Because uh, if you had no ego about it and didn't care what anybody else's judgments were about it, you'd go two years down that path and realize, oh, this isn't working. And then you would just shift course. Mm. And then when, because my, my guess is that, and this is based on my experience and talking to a lot of people as well, is that they would say, well, I don't want other people to think that I had failed at that. Mm. And yeah, it comes down to like, I don't, I don't want to think that I had failed at that, but there's a huge difference between failing and just figuring something out that works or doesn't work for you. Yeah. Huge difference. And so if you remove all the judgment and the ego that is associated with it and you say to yourself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down this path and that is me putting my butt on the line, putting my stake in the ground. And then if I realize, oh, I don't want my stake in the ground right there, you just pick it up and you can put it somewhere else. And there is no shame in that and there's no ego associated with that if you don't bring it to the situation. Yeah. I really, really feel that way because – it, there, how many people do you know that graduated in degree X, whatever, and then 10 years later they have a different job that is not even associated with that degree? Yeah, it's probably more common than sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I went to degree – this is about entrepreneurship, but, like, th- you can – degrees, yeah, they're, li- not, they're life, not separate. But like, life changes, though. I mean, that's... <laughs> life changes, and deciding that you're going to do one thing for the rest of your life, and that is all, and – this there's this 
stigma associated with shifting courses that is associated with failure. And I feel that it, it, you could just associate it with growth instead. Yeah. Associate it with finding out more about yourself and realizing that there are seasons in life and uh, giving yourself permission to, and even if you do fail, so what? Yeah. I, if you're going to be successful, you have to be willing to fail first. That's how it works. Sure. So let's talk about this a little more because I'm I'm getting to that age in life where um, a lot of my friends who are the same age as me, we, we've gone through three to six years of our careers, right? And like a lot of other people, people start to rethink their yeah. career decisions. Um, and a lot of times the word passion is brought up. Yeah, this is a great way to support my family, or maybe it's not. Uh, but the the driving thing a lot of times is, am I, am I personally fulfilled by what I'm spending eight plus hours of my day doing? Yeah. You have, and I, I mean, it sounds like you maybe started this right from the get. You've always kind of followed your passion in that sense and have made a career out of it. What advice would you give to someone who has not taken that leap to follow that passion, but they want to because they're not feeling personally fulfilled in their job. That is that is a really well-worded question, and I'm going to answer it, and then I'm going to come back to something you said about me having always done it. <laughs> <But> uh, like, okay. <laughs> um, I would say if you are not fulfilled in your current job, I'm going to be straight. I'm going to be bold. Wake up. Wake up. And I'm not saying quit your job tomorrow. Because we get to be practical about things. Sure. But don't st- – this is something Jim Carrey said, actually. So he sa- he gave this commencement address somewhere, and he said this. And he said, do not sell yourself short because of fear disguised as practicality. Mm. So many times we will say something, well, you know, it's more secure to do that, or it's more da 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 It's practical to do that. And it's really masking the the thing that under underneath it, which is fear. Huh. And and I'm not talking about fear of monsters. It's just this fear of failure or fear of ju- fear of judgment or things like that. Like, yeah. And so when I say wake up and be practical about it, I'm saying yes, there are steps. Don't quit your job tomorrow because yeah, you gotta eat and pay bills and stuff like that. But take a step, take an action toward what it is you want to achieve and recognize that that action step doesn't guarantee you success but it does guarantee you that you're closer to success than you were if you didn't take that step and maybe that step is in the wrong direction but if you step you'll at least know it was in the wrong direction. Then you'll be like, oh, okay, well, now I need to step in this direction. Remove the ego from it, remove the judgment from it, and take the step recognizing that failure is part of the journey because you're learning what not to do. But do do something um, to, to end up being fulfilled because that, I feel like fulfillment and happiness are even more important than success. Huh. What do you mean by that? Really, really do. Uh, and, and I feel like I'm trying to put all these different things into this little short, short <laughs> conversation. So what I mean by that specifically is um, this is something that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about uh, when he says, if you want to be 
if your goal is to be in the NBA, okay, mm -hmm. then you can decide that because <laughs> not everybody gets in the NBA. It's just not a thing. Sure. Right? And if I decided that I want to be in the NBA right now, that's not that's not going to happen. Yeah. Things of, uh, uh, achieve your dreams and capture the, the vision and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into the NBA. <laughs> but if I want to be involved with basketball, because that's what fulfills me. That's what makes me happy. So I'm talking about fulfillment and happiness rather than, air quotes, success. You have to decide what that looks like for you. So if I am able to be a coach at a, at a high school level, which is totally, totally possible, or work work for the work for the NBA. You know what I mean? Yeah. In some other capacity rather mm -hmm. than on the court or something like that. Like where you're involved with the sport, you're involved with basketball, you're involved with doing things and that isn't success cuz you aren't like a player and a superstar, but you're involved with that world and you can feel fulfillment around that. And that's what I mean like find something that is that makes you happy and fulfilling and and then do it, but but it's not going to be happy and fulfilling all the time. There is paperwork sure. associated with everything. As I don't think that just because you're not freaking stoked to get out of bed every effing day mm -hmm. that you have failed. Like there, there's equal and opposites in, in all things. Yeah. And uh, part of this human experience is some of the emotions that we have labeled as bad hmm. and those offset the emotions that we label as happy. And so if you can get to the point where you're having way more or even over 50% of the, the really, really energetically positive and happy times and fulfilled times in your life, um, then, then you're doing something right. Yeah. But don't awesome. sit, don't sit and do something hoping that something will change because your external circumstances are not going to change by themselves for the better. Yeah. You have to create something. Yeah, that's awesome. So you mentioned um, I, I made an assumption that maybe from the get you had followed your passion. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so it sounds like maybe that wasn't the case. So let's let's go back to the story then. Was yeah. that not always the case for well, you? So you, we there. Yeah. If you want to go exactly linear, right? Mm -hmm. Then I was working. I was working concrete, mm. um, and. I'm actually really good at decorative concrete hmm. and I like doing that, but I don't want to do that for my job. Yeah. And, but I was doing it every single day and I was stuck. Hmm. I really was. Cause I was making enough money, uh, but I felt stuck and I felt frustrated and I felt I was this person that you just mentioned. Uh, like what would you tell them? Yeah. I, I was that person and I decided to put all my eggs in this basket of going into this college touring and it really worked out for me. Yeah. And then after uh, about four or five years of that, like really working, um, I ended up just like just coming into this situation. You got, you know, peaks and valleys and I was not really feeling, I was really not believing in myself mm -hmm. in this way. And as I was shifting and transitioning into the, the speakers, um, kind of like aspect of what I was doing and ended up going back to working concrete for a while. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I, it killed me inside. Absolutely mm -hmm. killed me inside that I had to do that. And, but I had to do it at that point. Yeah. And then finally, when I was unwilling to take that anymore emotionally, 
because it's not like the physical aspect of it. I was fine doing that, but I was like, why am I doing this? This is not fulfilling to me. This is not where my purpose is. And so I just drew a line in the sand and I said, I I need to not be involved in this anymore. And then I never, and then I, then I stepped away from it. And so, um, yeah, I've gone back and forth on, on this scale. And I, I feel like that actually gives me more credibility because I know exactly what this feels like. Yeah. I know exa- it's not like I decided to pursue my dreams and then the next day, poof, everything <laughs> works. Right. And which is often how it's portrayed. Yeah. In in social media and in mm-hmm. podcasts and in books and stuff like that about the way that people succeed at things. Um and th- yeah, there are ebbs and flows, there are peaks and valleys, but I feel I feel like actually believing in yourself to the point where if you're in a valley you can pull yourself out of that yeah is so important so you did concrete and it didn't sound like that was like you hated every second of it you, it sounds like you kind of enjoyed it and you were decent at it Dude, right i'm really good at decorative concrete <laughs> excuse me really good i'll just tell you right now <laughs> if you want stamped stained colored patio you come to me and i will say no i don't do that anymore but uh but point being there were times when it was great and it was awesome yeah. and i worked with my friends and it was mm-hmm. fun and stuff like that but it, like at the end of that day i'd be like this is not getting me closer to my my purpose yeah and what i actually want to do yeah so let's say while you were doing concrete you were also doing shows you're yeah. doing music at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what if, uh, let's say there's a guy out there who's doing concrete, same situation, but he doesn't have a band on the side. He's got nothing on the side, or she's got nothing on the side. Yeah. It's just, I go nine to five, I come home, I hang out with my kids, I watch a couple episodes of something on Netflix, and, and that's my day, every yeah. single day. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't know what their passion is yet. What advice would you give that person? Find it. Go out tonight and sign up for an improv class. Go out and um, volunteer to teach a swim class. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. take a dance class. Do do something. Yeah. Because I have done a lot of different things that I was like, eh, this isn't really my thing. Hmm. And you you can't just <laughs> – uh, okay. Th- so start by – doing something don't come home and watch netflix yeah like don't don't do that every single night yes definitely do that every once in a while because because why not sure but like don't blame this on something else the we get into this victim mentality of this job is killing me and i but i can't leave it okay right there you are a victim you are being controlled by your external circumstances there. Some people are controlled by their external circumstances. If you're listening to this podcast, you are not Mm. because you are, you, you have like a nice phone or a nice computer. You're not living in a, an oppressive third world type of a thing. Like you have control of so many things. So focus on what you have control over and remove. I can't from the vocabulary. Start with, what if I could? What would that look like? Hmm. What if I could pursue a passion? What would that look like? Okay, well, I'd have to find a passion. Think back to the last two to three times when you felt alive, when you felt lit up. 
because those are the times. And I'm not saying like what is going to do that for you. For some people, when they're like coding something, I know when I have a really good friend, and when he codes, he like cracks this like uh, program or something like that. He was really trying to get this website to do this thing, and he just feels lit up when he does that. That's so cool to me. My mom is a nurse for day surgery, and she comes home. She talks about like today. I held somebody's intestines while she's like, pressed the doctor, cut him open, pulled out because he needed to get something underneath it. So he handed me the guy's large intestines. And then he went in for the, some the other organ. And I'm sitting there holding this guy. And, and I'm thinking, this is part of this human and he is alive and I'm holding part of his living body. And and he doesn't know it, but he has trusted me with, with holding this. And hmm. it was like this intimate thing where it was, it was, it lit her up and, and she, and I'm just like, that is amazing. And it doesn't like, that's not my path of, of fulfillment. Sure. But the fact that it is for her m- just means so much to me. Same yeah. with my friend for coding. So think about the last couple of times you were just lit up and then figure out something that you can do within that realm that will provide occasional experiences like that. Because like I said, it's not every moment of every day. Sure. You'll go through the paperwork to get to that moment. And you, I really, really do feel that you can create uh, a life by design that, that involves, um, being lit up like that, being fulfilled. And like specifically for the example, in the case of my mom, she is, she is uh, not like an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. She works for a hospital underneath a doctor, like that kind of a thing. Sure. And but still, she comes home and she's like feeling fulfilled, or she talks about the new equipment that they have, or something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like wherever you're at, you can either shift the situation, look at it differently, or get out of it and create one where, and it doesn't have to be like you owning your own business doesn't always have to look like that yeah. you can find these moments and that's what i think we're here to do yeah i love the advice R- try to think back to when the last time you were lit up you felt yeah. you felt fulfilled and try things you don't have to quit your job no. today no. and go don't, start a business around basketball yeah go play some pick up basketball with your friends i mean like do something other than watching netflix at night instead of thinking oh i am <laughs> a victim of my circumstances. Yeah. Think, how can I? What would it look like right. if I were to do this? And the brain wants to answer that question. So you will receive answers. Do it, or a journal writing where you're writing, like, what would this look like for me to fulfill my passion? And then just no judgment, let yourself write for a full page. Huh. I think the thing that separates successful people from unsuccessful people are those that are willing to do things, willing to fail, willing to do uh, something every single day to move closer to that goal. Mm. That's awesome, man. So I want to get back to your story a little bit okay. and, and talk a little bit about the future because you've got a few things going on. I mean, the whole keynote speaking mm-hmm. business is a business and, and your coaching is a related but separate yeah. business. What's your plan for the future? I look at thought leaders um, – uh, like Lewis Howes, Tony Robbins, Glennon Doyle, they have these tribes and I, I resonate with those people and I want to be able to, to provide others with that level of 
of influence and of inspiration and empowerment. So that would be that would be really great. In 2018, I'm committed to write a book. Mm-hmm. I'm committed to. I just today launched my own podcast mm-hmm. called Next Level Life. It's for creative entrepreneurs. It's personal development principles. And so, I have um, I'm starting up Facebook groups for entrepreneurs and how. Because I really, this is my, this is my thing. My thing is, I want to bridge the gap between the mystical personal development woohoo stuff, uh-huh. as one of my friends called it. This is all that woohoo stuff with a lot of attraction. Bridge the gap between that and the marketing strategies, mm. like the 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 people that are doing the uh, how to create a webinar, how to create Facebook videos, or some, something like that, Facebook ads, and just bridge the gap between all of these different marketing strategies and. All of all of the personal development stuff because I think they are so interconnected, yeah. and if I can assist people uh, with accomplishing their goal, whatever that looks like for them, because everybody has a different goal, but the principles are applicable across the board. So taking these things and creating a tribe where people are inspired to create and design their own lives, and uh, where they're influenced in that way and inspired in that way. And then I can that that's what I want to do. That's yeah. what I, so that's what that looks like. And so I want to do the continue to do the speaking, but also uh, wrap it all up in, in those type of things. Awesome. So I, I'm assuming that some people listening that resonates with them. I mean, that's kind of what we're all about at this podcast mm-hmm. is is making that leap into whether it's entrepreneurship or something else. Um, how how might somebody connect with you or be involved in what you're doing? Uh, where should they go? So, I mean, on social media or, or my website, my website is PrestonPugmire.com. And I'm sure you'll link it in show notes, but nope, no, no link. Show, okay. what, show notes? Was... <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, my Instagram is Preston.Pugmire, uh, Facebook Preston Pugmire. You can send me personal messages on all of these. And I kind of post my journey along these things, uh, about these things uh, on these different profiles. And I have promo videos for my speaking stuff on my website and ways to contact me about those things. So PrestonPugmire.com and Preston.Pugmire on Instagram and PrestonPugmire on uh, Facebook. Those are the best ways to follow along with what I'm doing. Awesome. And subscribing to the Next Level Life podcast with Preston Pugmire. Cool. So one last piece of advice. Let's say if somebody already tried something, and maybe it was just like they went to a class and bombed at it. But they tried something and they and they failed and it hurt. They got slapped in the face. Advice to that person, what would you say? I get it. I totally get that. And sometimes it does hurt. But here's the thing. That's okay. So what I would say to them is you are heard, you are understood, and you are important. In fact, you are too important to let that be your defining moment. That failure is is not a failure. It's just you missed the mark, so fire again. So try it in a different way. Try something different. And don't put too much stock in the judgments of other people. If, if they're going to think, oh, man, he keeps trying these things and fail. No, you are exploring your life. You are exploring your path. And that looks different than anybody else's. And that's awesome. I failed a lot. There, there was one, one time I was at a showcase, uh, meaning that I was performing for the purpose of getting booked. Mm. There were a thousand 
people from universities in the room. And they all had their little uh, bios out of me and they're marking it up and I have my prices and stuff. Like it was like a an auction basically kind mm-hmm. of a thing and stuff. And so and I was performing and I did my did my set. And at the end of my set, I had this thing where I get people to sing along with the last line of this song that repeats over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I had just been crushing it, crushing it, crushing it. And and I had lots of people singing along at all these other different conferences and showcases. And at this one in Pennsylvania, uh, you know where this is going, but I had the monitors facing me and they were loud. And so I couldn't hear them. Hmm. And so I assumed that they were singing. <laughs> so there's a thousand people in the room. And I was like, yeah, you guys are doing great. Louder, louder. Just, just oh, in my own little world. <laughs> and then I went and I'm controlling the music on, from my station up here. Mm-hmm. And I just like cut the music. And it's supposed to be this epic moment of the crowd just <laughs> continuing on. And this is like in the middle of my epic I am owning everything oh, in, in, this, in this industry. And t- out, of the th- out of the thousand people, ten. 12 max and like three of them were like from my booking agency and they were just like throwing me a bone but I didn't know until I hit the music yeah and I was just like in my brain I just froze up but I had to keep going and it just ended and I walked off the stage and one of my best friends who is a really really great musician uh who's always just like pumping me up and stuff and we were in the circuit together and stuff uh he he just didn't even pull any punches and he just looks at me and he goes wide eyed and he's like that was rough man. <laughs> oh man dude what I'm sorry about that and I was just like yeah that was rough and I just like kind of went and sat in the corner after what was supposed to be this triumphant showcase of performance and stuff like that and and then I, you quit right and then you, and you then never I, did music again <laughs> I quit man <laughs> So what I would say to people is the stuff's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's part of life. It's part of the path. It's part of the journey. Anybody that tells you that they have never failed at anything is either lying or you don't want advice from them because they don't understand. If somebody says, oh, I can teach you how to make cookies, you take all this stuff and you throw it in the bowl and then you just throw the bowl in the microwave and then all these amazing cookies come out. And you're like, you did that? And it had great cookies. Like, yeah, you don't want to learn from that person. Because every once in a while, there's going to be somebody who did that. And, like, mm-hmm. it worked out perfectly. And they didn't fail. And that's it's not your path. Huh. So just friggin' relax. Allow yourself to fail and not be defined by it, but to learn from it. Remove the judgments of other people and and meditate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Preston, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate you being on the show, on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, everyone, if you want to follow along uh, with what Preston has going on, um, we'll have some links below. Preston, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, dude. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed this, feel free to give us a rating on iTunes and subscribe to hear more stories from entrepreneurs who are starting businesses in small towns. See you later.